Jambos, and a massive thank you for tuning in to Over the Maroon podcast, episode one, for the fans, by the fans. Your hosts today are myself, Lee, me, Thomas, and uh, me, Rory. Thank you. Guys. No worries. First of all, we wanted to let you know why we've started Over the Maroon. And to get started, it's a bit about myself, and then we'll go into the other guys. Um, so my background, um, since I remember, my life has revolved around hearts. Uh, much to my wife and my family's dismay. And uh, growing up in Edinburgh during the 90s, football was really the only ever option for me. And uh, at five-year-old, Hearts had just won the Scottish Cup, and that was time for me to pack my bag and go to school. And uh, my dad, he was a very proud Hearts fan. He kitted me from top to bottom uh, with Hearts gear, full tracksuit, full strip, hats, water bottles, shampoo, you name it. It all had Hearts on it. And um, my, my primary school weren't very pleased with that at all. Let's be serious. <laughs> um, at primary school, um, it held less hearts and hips fans than I could cut on my fingers. And that's a school in Edinburgh, which was quite a shock to me. Predominantly, um, it was Celtic and Rangers fans in my school. And it's crazy because we weren't in Glasgow, we were in Edinburgh. But gone are the days where you could roll up to school with football colours on. And uh, I remember my first hearts match like it was yesterday. Um, it was incredible. I remember the feeling so well, the smell of the brewery. As much as you talk about it, it, it brings back that memory so so vivid. Um, walking along the cobbled roads, and I recall going through the turnstiles for the first time and up those stairs and looking out onto that pitch. It just grabbed me. It hearts grabbed me. I was addicted at that point. I loved the tenacity, the aggression, the noise, singing, all of it. But now I live in North Yorkshire in Harrogate. Uh, it's lovely down here, but I don't have the opportunity to go to the games as much as I would like to. And all the lads around here are addicted to Leeds United. So, <laughs> um, but I still, <laughs> I, I still watch every game. I listen to all the interviews as if I was still a living year old. And I love it. But the communication on Twitter just isn't enough for me. So I reached out to Thomas and Rory, two lads I'd met on Instagram, who also have a deep relationship with Hearts. And they got involved in a few of my raffles. We started talking. So I planted the seed and here we are, three strangers who want to connect with fellow Hearts fans and give our take on the matches and everything that goes along with being a Hearts fan. And in the next few weeks, we'll be inviting fellow fans onto the pod to talk about Heart and the Bowling, give match day reviews, talk about what's going on at the club and speak about our favourite moments. Finally, we'll talk about football shirts. I also have a few very special guests in the pipeline for the next few episodes too, which I'm sure you'll all appreciate very, very much. So that's enough from me, guys, uh, for now. Um, let's have some background from Thomas and then Rory. Yeah, um, so myself, uh, some people may be able to relate to it, but for me, growing up um, in Belfast, uh, especially, you were either one or the other, the old firm, um, never had the opportunity to kind of support anyone else. It was You had to support either or them. Uh, me being me being different, I, I decided to, no, I, I don't want to conform to that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I obviously with the my family's military background and I knew what the likes of Hearts done for obviously the club and the the past, you know, like the, the never forgotten the fallen. Um, uh, for me, that was very special. And one of the main reasons why I started following Hearts. 
Um, and yeah, so from that, uh, I've took the stick uh, from both old firms. And hmm. yeah, I, I, I always feel that having something special that you can relate to like that, it gives you more an in-depth love for the club. Um, the likes of the old firm, I don't think that they do. Uh, they don't have that connection. The likes of I've related to Hearts and I fell in love with them. Uh, so for me, being young and following that, um, it, the love for it's just got bigger and bigger. Um, I'm a season ticket holder. I go over maybe two, three times a, a month uh, as much as I can, obviously post uh, or pre-COVID. Um but yeah, it's for me, uh, uh, I'm being over in Belfast and having this love and finding out the many people over here that do also have, share that love uh, for Hearts. Um, it's, you know, it's incredible. And um, one reason, obviously, why we're doing this as well, to branch out to those. Um, other people like me that maybe don't live in Scotland, uh, but follow Hearts with the same intensity that we all do. Um, and yeah, that, that's kind of my background. <laughs> That's brilliant. Nice, Thomas. Lovely. And shall we go into yeah. Let's hear about your background? Perfect. Uh, can I just say, Lee and Thomas, what a wonderful start to the podcast. If I, were, if I wasn't on it, I'd definitely be listening. That was... Uh, you <laughs> set the bar very high. Brilliant. Uh, no, so, yeah, lifelong Let Hearts me. fan as well. I'm from, uh, I'm from East Lothian, so just stay, just stay uh, outside Edinburgh. And Hearts have been in my family, really. That's where I got it from. My, my granddad was a season ticket holder, Hearts 500 member. Um, all his life started taking me to Tynecastle when I was four, so I never really had any other choice, to be honest. Um, no. not, that I, not that I wanted one, not that I wanted another choice, because as painful as it can be at times, there's something beautiful and romantic and sentimental about being a Hearts fan that I just think that other clubs as so Thomas and Lee touched on don't quite have the affection that that we've got. Um, so yeah, I've spent 16 years as a season ticket holder. Worked away for a couple of years, got my season ticket back. Um, been to all the big games, and I was lucky enough to actually work for Hearts uh, last year as well. So uh, got a bit of a behind the scenes uh, view of the club, which has slightly slightly yeah. changed my opinion on things. Um, <laughs> But okay. I'm, curr- I'm currently not employed by Hart and Midlothian Football Club, so anything that I say is uh, is absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> but I've got a, like I said, met you two guys online. Passion for old kits, uh, nostalgia, old players, memorabilia, stories. Really, especially in these times when we can't be at Tynecastle, I'm really excited about talking about memories and getting that passion burning and until we can go back to the famous Tynecastle Park. Yeah. Hopefully uh, a matter of months. Hope so, man. Hope so. Lovely, right? Nice stuff, guys. Um, a few bits to pick up on there. Thomas, with, with you uh, living in, in Belfast, um, how many times do you manage to get across to Tencastle then? Uh, with me, um, obviously, 
not being a season ticket now because of all this COVID. Um, but I would have been over two to three times uh, a month. Um, basically, because... Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thankfully, it wasn't too bad, to be fair. You know, the flight prices were okay for a while there. Um, uh, so getting over, it was cheaper to, to go over there uh, every month than it was to, to go to holiday in Benidorm, you know. <laughs> so for... <laughs> for yeah. me, it was, and it was always great. You know, when I go over, it, it definitely is second home for me. Um, nothing can beat it. Yeah, you know, I'm getting tingles any time I talk about uh, trying to get over. <laughs> so, Thomas, <laughs> you know, yeah, just just quickly, yeah. what do, what does your sort of match day look like then? If you're coming over, what's your sort of? Do you come over in the morning of the game or? Yeah, so um, I would usually fly out early that morning, um, basically, so I can just get like set up in the hotels yeah. and stuff. Uh, put my bags in and then go for something to eat uh, uh, and then go to the bar really uh, I, before a game that's usually what I do um, obviously if it's by myself I would always that's my routine I'd always follow um, if I'm bringing the likes of my partner or a couple of friends um, you know obviously that would differ but yeah it, it, for me I always go to Tyne Castle Arms I, I'm a Tyne Castle Arms that's me as guy. well man um, yeah, yeah. I match I feel like if I don't go to the Tyne Castle Arms, there is the result isn't going to go our way. Uh, and <laughs> usually my record's decent uh, for going over the games. You know, um, obviously the most recent ones were the likes of obviously last this time last year when we beat Rangers two um, one. Mm-hmm. You know, and Boise uh, scored yeah. the winner in that day. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was just that big. But yeah, my um, my day's just in that, and after the game, again, just go to the bar, have a chat with the lads. You know, I, I don't necessarily know uh, a lot of people over there, but when I'm there, because that's why I love it as well, you don't have to know the people. Uh, I go and I have hours discussions with randomers that I don't know, um, but just because of the love of the club, you know, the will that they're open up, they talk to you, they're friendly, and that's just what I love about our club. Yeah, man, I agree. Thomas, yes. you won't need uh, hotels anymore, buddy. You're more than welcome at mine. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> that, that's good to know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and I think that's um, that's epitomises part of the Lovin and sections of its support is where you do have people that will come up and that will want to know your background will want to know how long you've been going to the matches they want to know when your last match was what you think the score prediction is going to be today all of those things and we've all got so much um, things in common you know mutualities from Heart of Midlothian and it's not just going to the matches it's everything that comes with being a Hearts fan Yeah, you've got you know obviously you, you mentioned the fallen heroes you know, you've got the connection straight away there. You know, the people that go to the McRae's Battalion. Mm-hmm. Um, you go you go to the pub and, well, I don't know about you guys, but I go to the pub down here in Yorkshire and um, the guys say to me, are, are you Celtic or Rangers? And I'm like, are you for real? <laughs> like, can't you tell that I'm not Glaswegian? <laughs> I was like, how much more broad Edinburgh do I need to speak? Yeah. Um, but I... I, I Served um, uh, ex Manchester City in England, uh, right back Mika Richards. Oh, name drop. Weeks ago. That's it. First name name drop. And <laughs> yeah, it was always going to be me. I, 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 I served him. And um, 
showed them a nice package. And um, basically, he, as soon as he heard my voice, was Celtic or Rangers. And I was like, actually, buddy, I know how much you love Manchester City. So I'm a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Well, well, I am a Liverpool fan. You know that. But yeah. obviously, I'm a, I'm a diehard Hearts fan. And I was like, nah, mate, I'm a Liverpool and Hearts and Logan. And he looked at me and he was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. And I kind of felt like undermined. Mm. Not from him. No, it's not a direct hit at him. I didn't feel undermined by him. I felt undermined by the the way of thinking just because you hear a Scottish accent at Celtic or Rangers. And I don't know about you guys, but I am fed up of that. Yeah. I am fed up of that. Especially we living down here. It's always the first or second question, you know, where where are you from? Oh, you must be this. No, actually, I'm gonna break that mold. I'm gonna break that discrimination. I'm a heart fan and I'm proud. Yeah. Obviously, I get that a lot. Uh, when you go over <laughs> to Belfast, it's a bit like going into uh, Glasgow. And, you know, it's either you're one or the other. Um, yeah. And the most recent one is uh, when we we're in the bar, when we were playing Rangers in the Cup. I went to a Rangers bar and was the only Hearts fan there. Uh, mm. When we beat them, uh, and it was great for me because it was cheering. Luckily, I knew people, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they didn't go, "Yo, uh, you'll find me out the back." But um, yeah, you know, it's the perception that you're talking about is, uh, again, we have it over here. Maybe not the, the certain extent with you when they hear a Scottish accent, they're like, oh, which one of the old firm? Um, but yeah, yeah. We, we still have that. Um, uh, my household as well uh, is very weird where I'm hearts. The partner is uh, she's Celtic and her son is actually Rangers. So oh, it's wow. always fun for match day in our house. <laughs> family affair yeah, wow. it is uh, more or less with them because obviously they play each other uh, at the minute a lot more than yep. we were playing them but it's always fun when you know we're in the premiership when we're playing them it's uh it's always a fun day you know the banter's always flowing that's awesome but it must be uh such good energy <laughs> in the household when it is the likes of hearts against celtic or hearts against rangers and you do get one up over them Oh, uh, yeah. Um, obviously, the most notable is when, although we didn't win the game, uh, when we played Celtic there uh, in the final. Uh, yep. The amount of times that uh, the people were in my face going, ha, 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 we're up, we're up. I said, look, it's not over. It's not over. We're, yeah. we're hearts. We'll come back. Um, obviously, we did come back and, uh, you know, we lost in penalties. But uh, the camaraderie in that is, it, that's why I love football. It doesn't matter yeah, yeah. when it comes to game day. It doesn't matter who you are, what religion you are. You always down for the banter, um, and you know it's it's always great in our household with that kind of uh, demographic of team supported. I don't think that I could put up with it. <laughs> However, I, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my appraisal for that. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I if my wife supported any team, thankfully she doesn't. I. I, I'm a nervous wreck as it is, you know, <laughs> and I'm always, I'm always worried that 
you know, if my team do get beat, I'm going to receive that text message from that that uh, opponent saying, ha-ha, in your face kind of thing. I, I hate that. I really do. It's so pity. I love giving it. Yeah. I love giving it out. Don't get me wrong, but I can't take it. I just cannot. No, um, uh, so, I, I do give it out as respect. well. Uh, you know, I, I, I expect it to get some kind of uh, reaction. So if uh, I take it, I they have to... They have to do the saxium when it comes to us uh, beating them, and so it is good. Well, I'm hoping that for the future that you have more over them <laughs> than they do for you. Yeah, so do I. So do I. <laughs> so, yes. Rory, uh, what is a, a typical trip to Tynecastle um, till for you then? Very similar to um, what most would say, I think. Um, I go on the Trent Heart Supporters bus, so uh, I'll go to my local uh, and just drink a lot. To, um, <laughs> yeah. to sort of soften the, the misery of what's about to happen um, just to numb, to the, numb blow, the blow before you even get on the bus um, now go there uh, quickly into the Tynecastle Arms and then straight in as Thomas says, I've probably I've probably chatted to you in there, Thomas. You seem like a you seem like a yeah, probably yeah. cross paths. You seem like a very hospitable guy, the kind of guy I would chat to. But um, that's my that's my match days, and then back to the local afterwards and. Um, We've been in East Lothian, and my local is very uh, Hearts, Hibs, Rangers, Celtic. So you've got to go in there and you've got to hold your head up high and just take the banter no matter what happens. Um, win, lose, or draw, you've got to go in and take it. So um, that's it. But that's, that's what it. adds to the banter. You go, you go in when you get beat, and it allows you to uh, have the days when you when you win. But uh, yeah, that's my days. I, I feel uh, yes, man. Rory. And I'm not sure about you, Thomas, but see, as soon as I get such a dejected feeling when I lose a match, even if it's my under eights that I'm coaching on a weekend, if I feel that we deserve to win and we do get beat, I have this overwhelming sense of um, like just disbelief. I kind of like lock myself away and I have to like analyze what went wrong. Why did it go wrong? What can I do to make it better? And it's like a trait that I hold. And if I do go to the matches and I do watch the match and we do end up on the bad side, you know, a, a loss or a draw, I find myself just reflecting, reflecting, reflecting. However, on a win, I do <laughs> if we, how we won it. If it's, a, you know, one of those Daniel Stendhal, you know, long balls from the back and a header into the net, you know, I don't mind how we win as long as we win. Yeah. I don't even analyse a match that we've won. So, Doing this podcast, <laughs> funny. Analyzing matches that we've won. Well, we're not going to do that this week. But <laughs> here's here's hoping for next week. Yeah, yeah? So a normal um, trip up to Tynecastle for me would basically until me taking the train up uh, about an hour and forty-five to two hours. Um, I would take a carry out on the train, maybe six, six or six to twelve cans. Have a few cans on the way. Get there, meet up with some family and friends. We normally. Um, we were known as the Broomy Hearts uh, because we were from Broomhouse predominantly and the Sight Hill area. And um, we would all go to the matches together, you know, me, my cousins, uncles. It was a family thing. It's very family orientated. And um, we would go to the pub beforehand, have a couple of games at pool. We would normally go to the Shandon. Yeah, I'm not sure if you enough. guys have heard of that. Mm. It's, yeah, it's got nice pool tables and snooker tables. We'd get in there, have a lot of sing-song before the match go to the match, and we would sit in Section G lower. I um, I love Section G so much. Like, for 
passion, energy, you know, all of those nitty gritty feelings that you want in a football match, but you're so close to the opponent, there's no better than Sexton G. Lore, not in my opinion. The amount of times where I've ended up, because we normally sit in like uh, row, row eight or nine, that I've ended up either on the rails at the front of the pitch or like down at the bottom collapse because we've scored a goal in the 90th minute against a team and we've just celebrated. There's just been limbs and I love for that. I really, really do. That's one thing I miss <laughs> being hurt at football through <laughs> celebrating a goal. <laughs> through my dodgy celebrations, honestly, it takes me back. It really does. But my last game subsequently was the semi-final at Hamden against Inverness, which was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was there myself with actually my Inverness friend he's from over here and he supports Inverness yeah he's from Belfast he's known over in Inverness as the Belfast boy because uh, he's the only okay. one that they know from Belfast that support him magic oh that's good no but yes that was that was my last game and it, it seems like a very long time ago I mean we had planned um, to go up um, pre-COVID and um, sadly um, I've just been hectic with work and it's, I mean, I have a slight excuse. I am quite far away. And when you are underperforming, it just seems a little bit harder getting that motivation to head up the road to watch mm. Hearts against, well, I don't know, back then it was Hearts against Motherwell or Hearts against Kilmarnock, you know. And it just was not as easy as I would have wanted it to be. However, now that I've not been for so long, I'm so eager to get back up to Ten Castle and at the, at the first opportunity I'll be there and I'm sure you two will be accompanying me, we'll be going to the pub beforehand, Thomas won't need a hotel, <laughs> we'll find somewhere to, to shack up and uh, we'll... I'm looking forward really to it lads, I'm going to start drinking we? now in preparation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll need to mate, right so shall we um Shall we get going then, boys? Yeah, yeah, go into the game. (laughs) Right. yesterday where, where do we start wow. yeah what do we right first of all what did we think I was, I was confident before it when I seen the lineup. Um I must say I didn't, I didn't think I thought we were maybe one player away two players away from the strongest lineup. so I was confident before the game yeah definitely that's what it is isn't it mm-hmm. definitely I think um, I think maybe apart from Ginelli starting and possibly Christoph at the back I think that was pretty much the strongest team, um, so I was confident going into the game, and uh, as it transpired, that was that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I'm the exact. <laughs> what did What did you think? I'm the exact same. Uh, I beforehand we had a high belief that we were going to go out there, scoring four more goals. Um, you know, and it would not that it would be a walkover for us that it would be so easy, but I at least thought that we'd have more fight than we evidently did. You know, um, for me, it was I'm still in disbelief if if that's the right word for saying because we shouldn't 
have went out there and got beat. You know, as I said, the lineup yeah. was that strong. You would like to think in the if we, when we're in the Premier League that that team is going to go and win us a lot of games. So to go there yesterday and get beat with that team, um, yeah, it, it just shocked me. I, I'm obviously disappointed in the result, but I'm still in disbelief with it. To be to be quite fair, to pick up on your points there, both Rory and Thomas, disbelief and shock are the words that are going to be used by many a Hearts fans. But I would say the minority of Hearts fans that, that know this team really, really well won't be in disbelief or shock because this season we've conceded 17 goals in 12 matches. Mm-hmm. And um, if that is not a cause for concern, I don't know what is. That's, it's, it's, I, you know, it points to the defence... But then who are playing in front of the defence? You've got midfield. Yeah. The midfield doing their job. Are they helping the defence? There's so many questions. Um, but overall, how do you think they play? Not well, again, you said you said about 17 goals in, in 12 games. and There was going to come a time where we were going to stop winning games because we were conceding two and three. We were scoring four, but there was going to be a point where that dried up. And I mean, I know we got goals yesterday in the end, but you can't you can't concede three goals at home. Do you know what I mean? So, like, no, and that that's the second defeat in three games as well, yeah. three league games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that a lot went wrong yesterday, a lot, yeah. and people that watch the match on Hearts TV mm-hmm. or whatever they watch that are gonna look and they're gonna point fingers at suspects. <laughs> of which played the match, and they're also going to point at the referee. Now, once upon a time, I would have pointed at the referee, but the referee's made decisions because the defenders have not done their job. And, you know, they could have been 4-0 up. Yep, easy. Rafe could have been 4-0 up. It could have been a lot, lot worse. And we are, we're in disbelief and shock at 3-1. Sorry, 3-2. It wasn't it. But um, I, I think that they didn't start playing until the 55th, 56th minute. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. All over the park. They were dejected. They weren't united. There was no communication. And I think the people that are going to point the fingers are going to point at yep. Christopher Ferras. Mm-hmm. They're going to point at Andy Halliday's. They're mm-hmm. going to point at Jamie Walker's. And I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair at all. Because for you to point at Christopher Ferro, you have to point at Craig Gordon. Yeah who had a fantastic match. You have to, I think, on that viewing with Kingsley and Smith getting new contracts, they have to take a lot of that blame yeah. too. Yeah, well, for me, um, I hate doing it because I love uh, Michael Smith. They obviously <laughs> came from Northern Ireland as well. It's it's that of connection. Course. But personally, I thought, now, it's obviously not a bad criticism. Anyone that was playing there is going to get a bad criticism, but I thought, for me, yeah. it was one of the worst I've seen him play, and it, it wasn't that you know, I'm being really harsh on him. It was just, usually he's one of the ones that's the catalyst in the squad. You know, yeah, dependable. yeah very dependable. Uh, you know, and for me, obviously, it was I always criticise the Northern Ireland players a lot more um, than I would yeah. anyone else, but you know, for me, uh, I was just disheartened because you know usually he's he's up there, and my uh, you know I'm giving him a, 
an eight every game, you know, or you know, there thereabouts, you know, um, you see okay. for me, it's this that. Obviously, with holiday as well. Um, I'm one of these. I'm waiting them to start playing for us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I want to see it. Yeah, he, he's had bits and bobs, but I'm waiting to see the the, the Andy Holiday that we've obviously seen before, uh, and we want to obviously continue in our in our shirt and our colours uh, to to give the same kind of passion that he has previously. Um, you yeah. know, I'll say it is going to be put down his uh, finger pointing, but for me, I, I think he leads to do a lot better because in that middle. Uh, we need something, uh, and he needs to show up really. Um, if if we were to go on, I think it's it also points to the fact of how much we are missing a fit, physical Peter Heron. Yeah, and you know when you look at the lineup yesterday, and you did see that Halliday and Irving were in there. You, it gives enough confidence knowing that you're in Division One, and you think that they could do the job well. If you then look at them playing in the SPFL against even Ross County or Hamilton, playing the way they did, they, they wouldn't have stood no. a chance. Rafe played to our disadvantages. They worked the ball so well offensively, making so much space in between the centre of the park, where Halliday just wasn't strong enough. It, not aggressive enough, like you said. Um, and I hate pointing the fingers, but there was a hole yeah. in the team yesterday because certain, certain players went missing. Um, I didn't think that Berra did too bad, actually. Um, obviously, he got his injury, but I thought that he played okay. Um, okay is never past marks, really, but there has to be some sort of communication between Gordon, Halkett and Berra, which obviously just now is not happening because for each of the most offensive attacks that Rafe had they all could have been denied opportunities at goal there if they worked as a unit and I feel like they didn't and I think it was the third Rafe goal where Halkett came out as centre back and right back to chase the ball down and ended up not putting a challenge mm-hmm. in their the, the player who was using both feet at the time, I'm unsure who it was for Rafe but he, he was excellent the whole game uh, brought the ball into the box, he was then brought down and you think to yourself, well, they've just got a penalty for that. People are complaining that they've got a penalty. But actually, the ball should have been put out of play or at least fouled outside the box. Halkett did not do his job there. And he's not going to receive the criticism that better will be on yeah. you know, the likes of Haldi. And I feel like I don't think there was anyone on that pitch that deserved a rating of over 6 out of 10. Do you think, no way. Do you think the three of them trust was... each other, Berra, Halkett and, and Gordon? I, I just don't feel like they trust that. I, for some reason, I just don't feel like they trust each other, which is strange. I don't think they've got any excuse. They've got... Robbie Nielsen was yep. a fantastic right back in his day, yep. wasn't he? And and on the training field, you, you know, they must be working on it over and over again. You've got Scotland's former number one goalkeeper there, who's arguably yep. one of our best ever goalkeepers in goals. And quite frankly, he's been exceptional since joining from Celtic, he's yeah. been unreal. But he's been made to work, and he shouldn't be made to work, and he's not used to being made to work, because in that Celtic team, you know, when he did play, they didn't have to defend too much. And I feel like we're putting him under so much pressure, unnecessarily, um, and 
I think we're all three of them being Scottish, it works to their advantage. You know, there's no miscommunication <laughs> with regards to, um, you know, I, sorry, I, I don't understand you because you don't speak Scottish as your first language yeah. kind of thing. They are, they've all played together enough times to That's be able to think. be confident in each other's ability and to be able to know each other like the back yeah. of the hand. But going forward with the ball um, was, was a big thing that I was... Um, surprised about. I don't think until Janelli came on. Why is he on the bench? The is he still not fit? Um, yeah, mm. I think he's not match fit yet. But I've not seen enough from Freer to, to say whether he's going to be hit or not yet. I've <laughs> seen enough, Lee. <laughs> I knew he was going to get a giggle. I knew there was going to be a giggle. I've watched every game, mind you. But in the games, he's, he's scoring goals in that position. And for me, if you're scoring goals in that position, you're doing something right. Um, and you know maybe creation is not creating enough maybe maybe he's not doing enough off the ball but he won't be in the starting lineup when Janelli is fit Janelli came on made such a difference um, and I feel like there was belief in the team when he came on but they just weren't working the balls in the right in the right uh, direction or in the right positions and when they did find themselves in the right directions they were playing sideward balls or backward balls and Naismith um he kept on asking the players to move the ball forward and quicker, and you could see it. He was getting really irritated about that. And when we did move the ball forward, Boyce got his goals. And um, we, we obviously hit the frame of the goal a few times, but that game in the first half could have been put to bed, should have been put to bed by Rafe. And we would have a very different podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was uninspired by the performance yesterday, even though we could have came back and nipped a point. Um, but those that are pointing the finger at the referees, Robin Nielsen ain't helping himself. You know, he got sent off at the, after the final whistle there yesterday. He's not helping himself. He's putting the team under a vast amount of pressure by having digs at, at, this, you know, at the association. And they've never been lenient to hearts. They never will be. They're never going to give us penalties that aren't supposed to be penalties, you know. Maybe with other other teams, they might get that luck of the game, but not. I've done it all, man. But in actuality, I haven't yet. Where am I supposed to go from here? Okay. Really, I have no idea. All I know is every time I think I hit my ceiling. I know we said about finger pointing and not finger pointing, but I'm going to finger point at Andy Halliday. They ju- he just does not offer enough in that centre midfield. He's he's not good enough on the ball. He's, he always takes the easy pass. I don't I don't know. I just I can see his passion, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's. I genuinely don't think he's mm-hmm. got the ability. Like I think he got away with it at Rangers for a long time. We've been a fan, and I just I just don't see it at all. Like I'm, uh, Thomas said that we're waiting for him to arrive. I'd, I don't know if he will. Hmm. Guess his um, age. Go on. Guess, guess Andy Halliday's age. If you, if you, you might know his age, but if you don't know who, like, did what, I get it? Right. Okay. What, what about you, Thomas? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not agreeing or, or disagreeing. Thomas, uh, what I, you, I was yeah. thinking the same. I was thinking that he's not obviously as old as we think he is. So I was going to go around about the same, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. So he's he's, he's twenty-nine year old, and I'm surprised. I <laughs> I know he's not played a lot of football, and and that works to his. Um, Favour in this argument, but it's a that's two years older than me, and, and <laughs> I think I, I think I could get rid of the pitch more better than him. I don't think I can at all. I I cannot. I would not be able to, and I cannot. However, he's twenty nine, and 
he played, he plays effect. like he's 33. And I've seen other people... Yeah. Well, I thought that's it. I thought he's mature, experienced, blah, blah, blah. But no, there's not enough there that shows me that he's an experienced player at all. If anything, Andy Irving, when he's came on as a substitute or when he started... He looks like the best player on the park for us, without a shadow of a doubt. As a, as a centre midfielder, you, you, you've got to have the confidence to get on the ball and make things happen, especially at this level. I mean, you see, I mean, even Charlie Adam does it at Dundee, drops deep, gets on the ball. Andy Irvin does it for us. Yeah. Some of our best players have done it. Paul Hartley comes deep, picks up the ball, drives the team forward. We've not got anyone mm-hmm. driving for that centre midfield. If they do get on the ball, Andy Halliday just knocks yeah. it easy. Every time, never has the confidence to take a touch and go forward and, and think, drive drive the team. That's where it should come from, centre midfield. I feel like with it obviously being the January window too, um, and obviously we've got some exciting news about the striker, but we do need to look at the centre midfield position. I know that um, we've just let Ollie Lee go, uh, and there's been some issues with transfer announced, such as loans. Or, one of our most promising players of Harry Cochran and the permanent transfer of another really exciting player that was Anthony McDonald. But Peter Heron, Halliday and Urban are all pretty similar type players. Apart from Urban where he can bring yeah. the ball forward and does have an eye for goal. Yeah. They don't take on too many players. They don't take the ball for a run. They don't. The creativity is only there with Irvin, I think, and I feel like we do need someone to compliment him. And just now, at the moment, I don't. No, see I don't. Definitely agree. And we, 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 I think during pre-season we had Jamie Walker um, playing centre attack midfield, and during pre-season he looked on fire. He looked really, really good, and people were thinking this is going to be his season where he gets the fans back on his side. And I was wishing that myself, you know, really hopeful for that. I don't understand why we played him in such a prominent position during preseason and are not capitalising on that now. Um, he could have been the answer yesterday. Maybe I'm talking <laughs> bollock, maybe not. But he's different to Halliday and he's different to Heron. And surely that must be on. What's on happened to Harry Cochran? <laughs> Is he not back oh, off loan? No, isn't he? He's, he just came back off loan. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's the came back. Loan. Yeah, the end of it. He's got to be. I mean, if what we've seen a few years ago was anything to go by, he's, I just don't understand what's happened to the lad. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of talk is that Nielsen doesn't yeah. have much much trust in the youngsters, and um, I don't know if that's factual. I've not looked into it enough. I don't want to say it's true, but. You've got Cochrane, who's not even getting on the bench in your, in your squad. Um, and you've got players like um, Young Henderson. and They've just offloaded, obviously, Callum Morrison, who maybe wasn't good enough, but you've got Lewis Moore. You've got a lot of youngsters there that are in a really good academy, um, not pushing for a starting place. And we're having to go into the transfer window and get the likes of Mackay Stephen and Janelli and strikers and bits and pieces here and there, but what are the guys in the academy doing? Yeah, for me, for that that, that needs to happen first. because if there's any time to do it, it's while we're in the championship. Yeah. It's give them and yeah. their, their kind of feed into football. Championship football uh, will always be a li- slightly harder. And I say slightly harder because, mm-hmm. you know, 
you know yourself it's grassroots it's basically grassroots so you have your your rough tackles your everything so if there's anything to throw them in championship football is that um and i think henderson yeah. like yeah. you mentioned and yeah. cochran will both thrive with that if we have players that aren't doing as well but we're just putting them in because who they are switch it out put the, these guys give them their you know their chance to either shine or not you know if they have a bad game, well, that's when you take them off and then replace them with uh, the likes of whoever you want, like Holiday or whatever. Um, but you have to give them their chance. Yeah. When you go into the uh, the Premiership, their chances of getting on is less than it is that right now. To, you know, this is the 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 best opportunity to give these young guys their opportunity. And as he says, I don't know why he's not doing it. But if your players aren't firing. Then give the young guys, you know, th- that's what they're there for. They they want to make and break into the the, the first team. So, I think you're not going to get a better opportunity than that, especially with the likes, as you said, two defeats that we've we've suffered in as much games, and we've got a game. We've got two short. We've got two games coming up in, in quick succession. Yeah. Um, and I think you just need to give those guys their opportunity, or they're not. How do you it. feel? If, how do you feel if you're in the academy and Elliot Free are starting in front of you? I would be very if he's, disappointed. If he's been brought into the club and he's starting ahead, he's a journeyman at best. We must. Yeah, just Robert. And you've another got Robert too, haven't you? Just seems to be coming <clears> in because he's similar. a winner. And you've got you've got the guys that you've mentioned. That's well, we let Morris and go. The other guys are sitting there, Henderson. They must be sitting going, if I'm not getting in this team now, I'm never getting in the team. Yeah. And, and you've that got was a funny Connor one. Smith as well, who's obviously, he's only had a, a, a few appearances. I know he's, he's, what, 17, 18 years old, but I'm sure that he came on um, against... He started Celtic against Hibs at Easter Road. On occasions from the bench. and mm-hmm. Yeah, against yeah. 2018-19 uh, season. And he, he operates in the number 10 role, which is probably what we're lacking just now. He's young. He, he must be hungry. Come on, these players. We're Hearts fans here. We're sitting here on the fence thinking these guys are at best dealing a wage like yesterday. And we, what we would do to walk a, a mile in their shoes, come on, to represent the Heart of Midlothian. Oh, definitely. We would give and with, with relation to um, talking about Berra and uh, Halkett, we have to remember that John Sewer has had a torturous time with injury and that hopefully it's, it's only a matter of months before he's back in training and, and looking to get back into that centre-half <laughs> role because the is not going to get anywhere no. near that lineup. Let's be serious. And I take, I take it with a pinch of salt, but it's not the first time I've seen this, but I've had a lot of people compare him to Soot and um, Brett, God bless his soul, but um, Marius Aliukas, uh, Captain Fantastic. When he initially joined Hearts, people had this um, discrimination about the way that he played. It was a bit of a time bomb, a bit of, you never knew what you were going to experience with him. And that, in the experience that he got in the Scottish League, kind of dwindled out and he became a complete different player to the player that he came on loan from. He, he was just like night and day and absolutely fantastic. But I've had people compare Pescu to Zalukas 
and his start. And I'm absolutely sorry, but I feel like swearing just now. I'm like, no, no way are they in the same field. I mean, let's I can't see, see this it. Point. Surely I mean, Sal Lucas did have a shaky start. I think we all remember that a couple of years probably before he actually became solid. But I mean, Pepescu yeah. doesn't even look like a football player. <laughs> no. No, and every every time he gets the ball, he he actually is one of the only players yesterday, other than Janelli when he came on, that wanted to move the ball forwards. However, he moves <laughs> the ball forwards in a different sense. It's more, you know, you know, it's like what you teach eleven year olds. You know, just nice and easy pass, mate. Bang, forty yard pass right at your feet at ninety mile yeah. an hour. Sorry, mate. No, I can't have that. Um, and I'm I'm actually on the Hearts uh, Reserves website just now, and we're forgetting we've got the likes of Christopher Hamilton. Uh, Chris Hamilton, the centre half, um, he's on loan at Cowden Beef just now. But he must I be mean, another one. He must be another one that's defender, sitting going. If I'm not getting a chance at Hearts as one of the four centre backs this year, they might as well mm-hmm. leave. Like we've just drafted in Pepescu when we had that, a youngster. And he was he was captain. I'm sure he was the captain. And he's been into the under twenty one Scotland side. You know these players are not going to manage to to break into the. Well, to sustain that uh, level of under twenty one, or even push for, uh, you know, a selection in the squads, if they're not getting game time at higher team like Hearts, like surely he's got... better than what we're watching just now. And if he's not I, better, I, the fans be. would rather see it. The fans would rather see Hamilton in there giving it a go rather than some guy Pepescu that just looks horrendous. We want to see youngsters in there. Take a gamble on them rather than a gamble on journeymen. Yeah, 100%. And we, we obviously received the bad news that Jamie Brandon yeah. got a really bad injury yeah. uh, at training last week, which I feel for him because the game against Dundee, well. he was my man in the match. Um, yeah, very well. At, at, at Dent Park, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, I just felt that if there was ever a time for him to be, you know, obviously Michael Smith was out, but if there was ever a time for him to be pushing for a start, it was then. And, uh, yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Jamie Brandon um, just having Michael Smith in front of him. He's sort of never going to dislodge Michael Smith, is he? So he's one of the... He's, he's, going, he's going to push and push, but until Smith goes, I can't really see him breaking in, unfortunately. And oh, the like the more. Of like the more. I'm going to... I'm sorry, <laughs> you, you've given... You've got you've given me a, a lot of uh, feedback on these players of how much you're disappointed in Go them. On, but I'm, I'm going to give this one to Thomas. Like Go on, Thomas. Give me your <laughs> give me your best. <laughs> I don't think I can really comment that much. Um, it's it's one of them hard ones. I don't see how he can fit in that well into the team. To be fair, will he ever I, play for Hearts again? Uh, no. My my thing, I I just why is he yeah, still well, under that's the weight? I can't see where I want them in the squad. Um, so I I don't mm-hmm. see what's the point of us keeping them in in the squad as you say and stealing the wage. You know, it's you can only keep so many players. The like sometimes I I feel like he's keeping all these players on so that in training he at least has twenty two players <laughs> so that he can play eleven aside yeah. with. Because there's no other reason why you would keep them in the squad. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he came with a good, uh, obviously, a good repertoire coming from Cardiff City, having games under his belt there, playing in the, the championship. 
Um, but no. he's not showed anything that would show me that he is good enough to keep in a squad and loan out yeah. Harry Cochran. Um, and finally, when talking about the squad, Lewis Moore, what do we think is going to happen there? Do we think he's going to have another loan? Do we think it's a permanent transfer? What are we giving him? I feel like chance? it's going to be a permanent transfer, if I'm honest, if somebody, if somebody comes in for him. I just I don't think Robbie Nielsen, like we said, he doesn't seem to trust the youngsters. So I, just, I think if I was... If I was Lewis Moore, I would want to go. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. I would say yeah. that, that he's looking like he, it's more going out the door on a permanent rather than another loan. And let's let's get back to yesterday's game. So, did what what did we take out of that match that we were actually happy with? Was there a particular performance that we were pleased with? Was there something that? Happened in a favourite. Craig Gordon saved the penalty. In any position. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's about it. I know, yeah. I, I was listening to him. Well, in his career, that's the one regret that he's got that he could have saved more penalties. So I'm glad that Hearts are providing him the chance to do so this season. <laughs> that's it. We're just fulfilling yeah, he's, his he's wish. He's got it written yeah. his contract well, that he needs at least like 10 penalties this season. <laughs> And I, I, I felt personally that Janelli was yeah. absolutely fantastic. Well, like Roy said, I think um, we, we started playing it, after like 55 minutes. That's when we kind of started playing uh, in my eyes as well. That, you know, the, the rest of the, the 49 minutes before were just nothing really. Uh, when uh, he came on, you know, it did change the game. You know, we were attacking a bit more, and and it showed at least promise uh, to what we should be have seen for the the start from the start. And with respects to Roberts and Freer, we've branded them as journeymen, but Janelli's not too far off of being a journeyman. However, the only difference is Janelli has played it exceptionally well each time we've seen him, and you know. The other two, not so much. Um, Janelli's now got uh, four goals and eight appearances. Um, he's obviously one of our, you know, most lucrative players. Wants to get on the ball, you know, wants to take a player on, and his deliveries are fantastic. Especially yesterday, he put Rafe on the floor. Yeah, can't pressure. disagree with you. He's uh, he's direct. He plays at a good tempo. Um, I think that's important. I think a lot of players sort of lack the. Like the tempo, every time he gets on the ball, he seems to want to make something happen, and that's definitely what the fans want to see. And I, I hope that Mackay Stevens can mirror exactly what Janelli's doing on one side. And you know, I, yesterday was it was a poor game for you know ninety nine percent of that team, um, but at times it looked it looked really promising, and I'm sure that as soon as he's got. A few games under his belt for Hearts, and hopefully we start playing some sort of direct defensive football. That yeah, no, you can definitely see that Mackay uh, Stevens is there is promise there, as he says. It's only bedding into the team at the minute. I would like to think once that bedding in uh, is yeah. complete with the likes of him and Janelli uh, on the wing, you, you will be a different side. You know, uh, as I said, at the minute we're not full on attack, but with them in it, we'll give that fear into the other team that. Oh God, we have to actually defend. Well, they're, they're, at the minute they were like, "Oh no, it's all right. We can score against Hearts anyway." Um, <laughs> so it doesn't matter how we defend because we, we we've got more chances of scoring just as many goals. And going back to 
what Rory says, um, when you looked at the lineup yeah. yesterday, you felt really confident. And if you look at that lineup just now with Gordon and Goal, Smith, Halkett, Berra, Kingsley at the back, Mackay, Stephen, Irvin, Halliday, and Freer, Boyce, and Naismith, that should be good enough for. I, I, would, I would be pushing top four in the top league. You know, that is a really good lineup on paper. You know, maybe take away Halliday and Putin, Heron, take away Freer and add Ginelli, maybe even take away Berra and put Suter. That is a really, really strong lineup and should not be dismantled as easy as they were yesterday. But let's talk about that first goal. Bit of a stromash, wasn't it? What do you think about first goal, guys? <laughs> oh, it was a good finish. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I, and you knew ex- exactly what he was going to do at that given point. He, I mean, we all try and emulate those when we're playing fives and seven aside. And, you know, when it works... It's fantastic. When it does not, you look like you look like Palatelli when he tried it for Man City in pre-season. You know, he gets subbed after after a minute of being yeah. on the pitch. It was a great goal, and yeah. um, but it could have been prevented. Um, and yeah, so from that, then what can we take from yesterday's performance? Uh, yeah, into our next game, knowing I, that it's I think again, I think it's just we need to make those changes and commit to it. You know, as you said, there. We've got those youngsters. I think that we need to give them a chance against this. It, there's no better cha- uh, chance that they'll get because it's the same opponents. You know, it's like, well, this is what happened on uh, Saturday. Try and emulate, or uh, you obviously not emulate it, sorry, but try and do better. Um, they're not going to get a chance like this. They need to win. Uh, there, there's no, there's no question about that. Yeah. If he goes with the same lineup as well, well, it's a point to say, well, you've done this on Saturday. Show me that you actually want to be in this lineup. If anything, if you're going to stick with the same players, you have to say that. You have to say, well, look, it wasn't good enough. We're playing them again. Do better, or else, you know, your your position in the squad is, you know, it's at risk. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the players will take. Um, that's what I'm looking for. They'll take a lot from that, knowing that they were so close to receiving a point. You know, they were so close, but there'll be players that will potentially crumble under the pressure of knowing that we were dismantled in the first half. Could have been four, four nil down. What is midweek going to look like? Is my place in the starting lineup secure or is it not? So I think training for this match on Tuesday night is very important and. I feel like Robbie um, will either show us a different side to him or his days if we don't get the three points on Tuesday. Yeah, um, for that, they don't actually have a lot of time to work on what they've done wrong and correct it. Um, obviously, today they would have had probably like training or no training at all. Uh, and then they only really have Monday to go through mm. what they've done wrong and it's still going to be fresh in their heads, you know, so... For me, it's the best time for them. Not to think too much about it, but to ensure that you're doing better. Um, you know, there's no excuse of, as you said there, you know, there's they're still going to be going, oh, is my place at risk? They should always think that their place is at risk. Um, you know, they should have enough good players there that's even sitting on the bench that going, well, if I don't play well, I know I'm going to get took off and, you know, they're going to do just as good as me, you know. So I think... Yeah. You have to have that fear. Uh, otherwise, you just get too lazy. You go, yeah, I'll be in the starting lineup every week. Who cares? Um, so I want to see them 
fight for their yeah. their position in that squad because in the end of the day, that's when you start winning games. That's you get the best out of you that there because you know if I have one bad day, I could be off. You know, so I think that that fear needs to be there. Well, I think I think that fear yeah. has not been instilled in this team. Um, I feel like they they believe that they've got the league wrapped up. I think that they look at the league and give disrespect to the opponents. And um, I, that was evident in the second clash against Dundee, uh, where they felt that they were going to yeah. give Dundee a, a pelter in. And sadly, that wasn't the case. Um, but I mean, we're six points clear at the top of the league just now. Um, we beat Wave, that puts us in a better position. Um, and, you know, you, we got to stay... Yeah. <laughs> got to stay a little bit positive haven't we um we are still still top of the league but it's just we know that when this team do get promoted how are they gonna do against Mm -hmm. a better opponent look um so who do you think does that chance in that team then if you go so so tuesday night if, if we're playing tuesday night and you were to look at what went wrong on this match and then compare it to Tuesday night's lineup and you look at, right, well, I wouldn't play him because this player is now available. I'd play this type of formation. I want to go this kind of tempo. Personally, uh, if it's me, what would you, what would you change? I, I, I don't think there's much that you've got to change because I'm hoping that there's, there's big enough personalities in that squad that will be banging on Robbie Nielsen's door this week saying, look, play me on Tuesday because we are going to rectify what happened at the weekend. You want your Andy Hallidays, you want your Stephen Naismiths, Michael Smith, yep. uh, Christoph Berrers. They guys have got to be telling Robbie Nielsen that they will fix this. So if I was the manager, I maybe wouldn't change too much. I would maybe give the guys a chance to rectify okay. it and see if you can get the reaction that you're looking for. Do you know what I mean? Alex Ferguson always said, bounce back ability, lose a game, Gone, gone, win it in the next game. Maybe don't make wholesale changes. I don't know. Personally, I'd give them a chance, and that's it. This is it. Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, got I, goals would, I would continue yeah, boys on top as well. Um, I mean, seven goals and three assists so far. Um, you know, can't can't complain at that. He's doing his job. Um, we just we. Uh, Craig Whiten didn't play at the weekend. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts on? I think he's found his level. He's a championship player at best. Com- he's, he's a confidence player. I think I think you can see mm-hmm. when he's got his confidence up. He's, yeah, seems like a bit of a different guy. But I mean, to be honest, I've not seen enough film and watching watching him since he's been here. But that might just be me. Yeah. No. Well, for for me, um, yeah. As you said, he's a confidence player, but not necessarily. I wouldn't want them necessarily in the starting lineup all the time you know so he's not going to get that confidence uh he has proved that when he comes on as a sub that he does make more of an impact that way rather than starting a game he hasn't always made the same impact you know so for me as he's is he only just an impact sub then uh, you know is he only just going to be based that or as he said like are you only going to really play him in cup games you know, or get the hat tricks, or he can he can do all that kind of the yep. gear that he was doing previously. Um, but for me, I I would not because he's Northern Irish, but Boise for me has to go over Whiten. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. 
I agree. We're all in agreement with that? Lovely. Right, okay. And moving on then. So next match uh, on Tuesday, away to Rafe. <laughs> go on, go Thomas, you go first. Yeah, Thomas, well, I would like away. to see us bounce back. Um, obviously, not to say that we're going to concede, but we have to... It, uh, going by previous performances, it, it's hard for us to keep a clean sheet. So I think we will bounce back. Um, I think it's going to be, again, it's going to be a, a tight affair. Um, so I'm thinking a 2-1 win for us. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't see us keeping okay. a clean sheet if we're honest. Nice, so nice. Um, yeah, I would. I would say I'm going to go three-one Hearts. I think Boyce will get a couple again, and hopefully, uh, maybe Naismith will nick one as well. <laughs> okay, that's left to me then to to to, to give mine. Then okay, I think um, it will be a draw. <laughs> I see us scoring, yeah. um, but I also see us not keeping a clean sheet. Um, Boyce is on a good run um, but other than Boyce I don't see where the goals are coming from maybe Naismith um, but if um, there's no much creativity through to him then we will struggle against a team that do like to play offensive football uh, Miglin has got them playing nice football uh, very offensive very attacking I'm going to go Nice Can we just one, have an honourable mention draw. for Jamie McDonald's performance as well Yeah no very good very good He's, he's still wow. got it, and he? he's still got it. I, I mean, that's it. We're looking at this so negatively, um, and yeah. we all respect the Wraith. They played really well, and their goalkeeper... Yeah, he definitely was the man of the match for me. Like, um, as I said, the saves. Uh, he just played really well, you know. Yeah. He was extremely confident too, and I think that other than the the final um, against Hibs, the five one final where we hammered them, let's never let them forget that. But other than that final, I didn't see much confidence from McDonald. But yes. in the final, he was super super confident. That's what I'm trying to get at. But yesterday, he, he excelled. That he was so confident. I don't know if it was because he was playing his former former team and he had a point to prove and stuff, but. I mean, yeah. Well, I thought that he's kind of his careers went sort of slid a bit since he's left Hearts, and he? he's not really kicked on like I thought he would. I thought he'd be a solid, solid Premier League goalkeeper, but I did too. I did too. Right. Well, let's um, let's go on to the next topic then. Um, before we talk about uh, next week's episode, we wanted to go on and talk about um, the shirts that we. Um, well, the shirts that are our favourite shirts. Um, and this week, uh, we're going to go to Thomas, and Thomas is going to tell us exactly why he has an infatuation with one Heart of the Bovin shirt in particular. <laughs> and uh, each of us on the panel will have a go at telling you why we love a Yeah, uh, so for me, um, this week is Thomas. It's not going. always a formidable shirt, for, but for me, it's a, it was my first ever one. Uh, it was the... 97 98 home shirt. Um, although the that year, obviously, with the final against Rangers, the white shirt is synonymous with that season. Um, mine was always the, the home shirt, it was the first ever heart shirt that I got as a kid. Um, being from Northern Ireland, we didn't get uh, well, personally, I didn't get a lot of shirts, uh, but that's what probably made this one even more special for me. Um, but yeah, uh, being from obviously Northern Ireland, I mentioned before, you know, you're automatically people think that you're 
one of the old firm, you know. So for me, wearing the maroon, um, and specifically that shirt, obviously it was, it will always be in my memory of it. And like, uh, especially if you go towards that final, um, the '98 final against Rangers, um, I would remember it, it, that day clear as you know, as if it happened yesterday. With uh, the like, uh, my friends all raking me, you know, before the match, saying, "Ah, yeah. oh, you're going to get beat this, you're going to get beat that," and you know, for me, obviously, I had the the final <laughs> laugh at that. Um, but especially the the first goal, um, specifically, is what I'll always remember watching it, obviously on TV. I, I didn't have the ability to actually be there, but when Gary uh, Naysmith played the ball up, the, the Stefan Adams, um, he held it up. Passed it to you know Capitano Stephen Fulton, um, uh, and he eventually went on a mazy run and got brought down in the box, uh, which some would say he wasn't brought. Never a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the referee was kind of special that day for us, um, especially at uh, the penalty award, um, and obviously, yeah, you know Colin Cameron stepping up and putting it in top bins uh, helped as well, um, and put us on the victory that day. But for me. That shirt will always be some. It was my first prop, especially being a young kid. You know, I was what, 10 or 11 at that point. And um, as I said, not having as much exposure as maybe yep. you would have, uh, you know, being in Edinburgh and, uh, you know, being able to go more frequently than um, probably I wouldn't have had the chance to. Um, you know, but for me, that's why I always cherish that shirt. Um, as mm-hmm. I said, it is a nice shirt. Don't get me wrong. I have more favorite shirts, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure will. For me, yeah, that will always be within my heart, so to speak. There, if we want to use a pun, um, because it's so special to me. Because it was my first shirt. It was the yeah. the year that obviously I remember because we went on beat Rangers in the cup. Um, and yeah, it, as I said, it was a nice shirt too. Uh, uh, I love it when it's just not maroon, you know, it's a wee bit of design on it too, you know. But I think also, yeah, yeah, the emblem on it's fantastic, isn't it? It's a really lovely effect, and even without that, yeah. uh, lovely emblem on it, it would still be a smashing shirt. It's it's full of compliments from me. I love it, I love the tape seams around the the arms um, in full sleeve it looks fantastic it's it's so yeah. <laughs> the same. That's, I, love that's I, love I was just about to say sponsor too yeah a, a strongbow sponsor is always going to be up there for yeah it's lovely as well with the hearts kits in relation to the that that year and that strip itself how the they marked up the away shirt and the one that they wore in the final too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I like that. just basically a standard opposite shirt. And yeah. I, yeah. I feel like we're missing that a lot these days. Um, I love a shirt that, you know, on the Monday uh, after a Sunday win, you can just put on the away shirt. And then on the Tuesday, you put yeah, on the I always loved that. And just specifically, the 90s were always good for that. Um, you know, having it, it wasn't that. That you take the seasons where it's completely yeah. different, you know, uh, the away shirt compared to the home shirt. You know, it's it's just like two opposite things that, like in the nineties, you would have had. It was a, you know, it was just someone changed the color on it, and that was it. You know, it was the same, which is the simplicity of it is beautiful. I think uh, to have that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. With the 2001 shirt, I think it is, and the 
year 2002, the only difference of the shirt is the collar itself. <laughs> one was round and one was V-neck. Um, and that, for me, is just epic. You know, that, that whoever created that shirt design that year, you know, they must still be making football shirts yeah. somewhere. Probably not at that level, but somewhere. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Lovely. Good stuff, Thomas. Right, um, so... No, that, that's really... Uh, do you have anything else to add on to that one, Thomas? For me, that's that's all there really is. You know, obviously, with the saying about the shirt and the memory I have of it, so I, I don't really have that much more to add. Olymp- Olympic sports as well. Okay. They never okay. uh, yeah, they don't I mean, really stand out as a... <laughs> Memorable Hearts kit maker, but that's definitely a classic. Mm, that one, isn't yeah, it? no, definitely. I think so completely, and I mean, I I think when looking back <laughs> yeah. nostalgically, obviously <laughs> I would have been four years old then, um, but I I still have the I know the young one. I still have the memories of it. I I still went to the march, you know, the parade, the open bus parade. I still had that shirt. I had the away shirt. My family all wore it. It was very much. Um, a match in celebration. Everyone had either that home or away shirt on. Um, it was a really, really good year for Hearts. Um, and, you know, the players mm-hmm. on the pitch too. I mean, wow. It was such a great squad. Um, and talking about our next episode, um, yes. we have a special guest. Yes, we do. On Very exciting. Boys. <laughs> and one of those players actually lifted that trophy you go. on yeah. that particular year wearing <laughs> that particular shirt, Thomas. Yeah, so next week's podcast um, will be inviting a guest along. Um, and if you guys can uh, leave us some feedback about this episode, um, you know, guess who this uh, special guest is. Um, keep it going a little bit. That'll be really cool. Um, and we'll... <laughs> obviously analyse and go over and give our feedback on the midweek game against Rafe. And we'll talk about the greatest hearts moments in our life. And Rory is going to discuss his favourite football shirt too. Um, So we'll round it up there, guys. Um, I'd like to say thank you to Rory and thank you to Thomas. (laughs) Three strangers coming together to make a podcast. It seems to have worked really well for me. I've enjoyed it so much. You know, Um, to get this and talk about this. I think anything, you know, you're stuck here in in, uh, lockdown like we are um, and not much chat to anyone or socializing so something like this yeah it's been a great uh, relief is what uh, i would say uh, and it's been fantastic to talk to you uh, and share obviously our memories and everything like that uh, how we started and stuff so it's been great yeah fantastic boys well i for one i'm very pleased that i've managed to do this too because yeah lockdown has been tough it's been tough on so many people and when given the chance, guys, do speak out, do speak to each other. Um, the people listening to this podcast today, you know, get in touch with myself, Rory, Thomas, if ever you want to have a chat about Heart of Magovin, we are, you know, more than happy to be connected to the fans. Um, you know, it's a hard time for everybody and let's let's make sure that we're not alone and let's, um, you know, be kind to one another and um, hopefully um, in a few weeks' time we'll get more special guests onto the podcast, including fans. You know, I've had a lot of people 
who want to come on and have a chat and give their thoughts, expressions and views, which is fantastic because, you know, we've set this up to engage with other Hearts fans, you know, and uh, it is for the fans at the end of the day. So yeah, now we look forward to hearing With you I am fine I get lost so I'll follow the light to your heart You wait, you wait for me There's always a space in my heart I'm still caught in your gravity Between us our joy lives in the moments we share Love's truest meaningless when you're not there Will you wait, will you wait for me? There's always a space in my heart